Steeler Nation, what is up? So glad that you're joining me today on this uh, beautiful Monday. It's actually not beautiful outside, but it feels good knowing that even though the Pittsburgh Steelers were playing in Arizona, where it was sunny and where it was beautiful, it is great to know that it's sunny here just because the Pittsburgh Steelers won that game in fantastic fashion, winning that game by the score of 23-17 over the Arizona Cardinals. And this is what we call the hangover because we give it that prerequisite 24 hours or so to let everything sink in so we're just not coming on with knee-jerk reactions from the game. And you know how it goes. When you're hungover, sometimes it's a bad hangover, and you're like, oh, man, what have I done? And then, like I'd like to say, you have that one. It's like, hey, that was a great night. I uh, might have done some crazy stuff, but, woo, it feels good. And that's exactly what the Pittsburgh Steelers did as they won that game to go eight and five on the season after starting one and four. It's feeling really good. And I know a guy who likes to partay and his name is Tony Defio. He's my partner here on behind the steel curtains Steelers hangover. And Tony, I'm glad you are joining me today. Hey, Brian, happy Monday. Another great win, eight and five. And, uh, I can't believe we're actually going to, we actually have a realistic shot of making the playoffs. Who would have thought? Yeah. Who would have thought everybody was talking back on September 30th when the Steelers uh, hosted the Baltimore Ravens to fall down to one and four. Everybody was talking about how this will be Mike Tomlin's first losing season. We've got to blow this whole thing up. And now there's no blowing anything up. You're looking at the sixth seed and possibly quite possibly the fifth seed if you beat the Buffalo Bills at home in primetime on Sunday evening. So for me, I'm feeling good, and it's all about that. And it's all about the fact, Tony, that the, t- the title of the show is At 8-5, and five, Are the Steelers Playing with House Money? And we're going to discuss that in a little bit because we were talking about how they had nothing to lose. Now they kind of have something to lose now. They're really with three games left. They've got a legitimate shot at a fifth seed because realistically, that uh, that division title is gone. Um, there's there's no way. I mean, it would be absolutely crazy for that to happen, and especially with the way that the Baltimore Ravens are playing. You know, it, it's not going to happen, and that's fine. But what you're looking at, you control your controllables, and what you control is possibly the number five seed, and you're playing right now your greatest rival for that number five spot in the Buffalo Bills. It's a chance for Duck Hodges, the Steelers' defense, Deion Kane, Kareth White, all of those guys to say, hey, we're not playing with house money anymore. We have legitimate currency. So we'll be talking about that. But first, I want to welcome everybody in here. And as always, we uh, we here on StreamYard, we join in and have you on the live chat. And it's great. And it's always great to have our Steeler family. It's our BTSC family. And everybody comes on. They, we feel like even though we're in all parts of the, uh, the U.S. and sometimes the world, because we are international as well, it's really nice to know that we feel like These are our Steelers friends and family, and we're always together, win or lose, after these games, and it's it's nice to know, and it feels like we know you guys. I mean, I see names like Getting Better and Jared Devil and uh, Steve O'Neill and Cree Ickes, and I see those names, and those are just four. There's so many. I see these names, though, and I'm like, I feel home because you guys are our guys. And you ladies are our ladies. Rhino Tools, another one. So, uh, you know, names up here, and we want to have new names too. And how can you support the show? It's simple. You know, we do have the super chat where you could go throw in a couple bucks to go ahead and get your question up to the top of the queue. And that, that supports the show in one way. But the real way to support this show is to go ahead and like it. Not just like it. Every time you watch it, subscribe if you haven't subscribed. And hit that little bell. Let's ring that bell. And when you ring that bell, that's saying that you're going to get some notifications every time we go on. 
So that's great. We were talking about, uh, you know, uh, Steeler family, BTSC family. Here's one of them, Michael O'Malley from Portland, Oregon. He's having a great hangover, and he's feeling really good about it. So use that live chat. Use that super chat. But just hang out with us. Have fun because that's what it's here for, and this is the kind of hangover that you love when you win those games. So first thing first, I'm going to go ahead and ask Tony. What are your knee-jerk reactions of that game, and when did you know that this game was in hand? Oh, well, my knee-jerk reaction of that game is is uh, another great performance by the defense. I thought the defense was 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 elite yesterday, and I thought it really bailed them out a few times. And I thought uh, Devlin Hodges uh, made huge strides. I mean, that was my uh, an- another knee-jerk reaction I had from that game. I thought he made some throws that I didn't think he had in him. Uh, as far as when I thought they had the game in hand, not until Joe Hayden Hayden uh, had his second pick with what like a like 36 seconds left. Uh, I thought they had the game won after after T.J. Watt had the, had to pick in the end zone, but then of course the uh, the uh, disastrous fake punt happened and and everything changed. <laughs> but uh, uh, it wasn't until Joe Hayden had, had the second pick. <laughs> you know what? That disastrous <laughs> that fake punt. Um, I don't know what happened. I, I really do not know what happened in that game um, with that fake punt. <laughs> like it's like uh, it's really like in uh, a, a few good men. Who ordered the code red? Who ordered the fake punt? So now, now it's it's coming out today, and what's coming out today is this. You know, Jordan Berry said, you know, it was in there. But they weren't going to use it, but we were practicing for it. And I did not get to see that it was, you know, that it was canceled and there was just miscommunication. You know, you got away with it yesterday, but wow, that really could have been disastrous, as you say. Oh, yeah. So, um, with that being said, Tony, that was probably one of the worst things of the night, and it still didn't kill you. But what they had was a pretty good game plan on both sides of the ball because you really needed a really good game plan on both sides of the ball because you have Devlin Hodges, who's still he's still feeling himself out. I'm going to just stop right here and say he had a fantastic game. I thought, and you know how I go ahead, and I'm on Randy Feetner a lot. I thought... It was a pretty good game. I still want to see him open it up a little bit more, but they did what they had to do with what they're playing with. And we go back to 2004, and we know that Ben Roethlisberger was not lighting it up that first year, but he was getting the win. Now, Devlin Duck Hodges, he joins Ben Roethlisberger and Mike Hursick of the first of the only players to win their first three games starting a football game for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So that's pretty amazing. And here's a funny thing about Krusek. You know, in those games, he never had a touchdown pass. Hmm. So, you know, think about that. And I mean, he ended up going 6-0 and to start his career, and then Bradshaw um, healed and came back. So that's, that's kind of what happened there. But, I mean, he held down the fort. Duck Hodges is not holding down a fort for anybody. He's the man right now for this team. Um, unless something happens to him, then you're going to see Mason Rudolph again. But for the foreseeable future, and probably to lead them all the way to the postseason, they're going to ride with Devlin Hodges. And you can't be wishy-washy on this. You can't go back and forth and say, if he has a bad game, is it time to bring in, you know, it's, time to pine for Paxton and bring him in. Is it time to go back and give Mason Rudolph another chance? No, not really. You've got this late in the season. You've got to know yourselves and this is what they know. This is what they're practicing with. And every week they're going ahead and putting a game plan together to win football games with the skill set of Devlin Hodges. I want to see him throw the ball more. And I think he is the guy to be doing it. Randy Feetner, who, like I said, I'm always on, did a little bit better with it. Some weird play calling later in the game and time management, which we can talk about that as well. I'm not giving him an A for the play calling, um, 
but it was a little more, it, it was better, and it, it suited the situation. On the defensive side of the ball, you have to have good play calling when you're dealing with an explosive young player like Kyler Murray. You know, it was year to the day that this man won the Heisman Trophy. Yesterday's game, it was a year. So with that being said, and I, you know, I keep on saying yesterday when this is recorded, this is recorded on the Monday after the game. So just to let you know, um, I'm still in a real time. That's how I, I go ahead and do that. But they, they had a plan for him and planning for a guy like that is, is tough. Tony, how do you feel they planned and executed that plan on defense going against a guy like Mr. Murray? Well, they didn't let him get comfortable. I mean, they, they, you saw the quick release that he had. His, his release is elite. I was really impressed with how quickly he got rid of the ball. So what they did is they just, they just kept the pressure on him the entire, the entire afternoon because he's like your typical quarterback that was drafted number one or number two overall. He doesn't have a great line. You know, they have a lot of problems in Arizona. So, you know, he's been sacked, I think, more than any quarterback in the league. So, uh, you know, they, they just kept the pressure on the entire time. And, and, and they played a lot of zone too, and 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 they 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 they, they uh, that's how Joe Hayden was able to undercut that first, uh, inter, you know, make that first interception at the was the early in the uh, second half that uh, stymied the another drive a potential scoring drive. So they they just uh, they they kept them uh, off balance the entire time. I mean that's how you you have to deal with a, a young quarterback like that. You have to keep pressure on him and you have to keep him confused. That's exactly what you have to do. And they did. They went after him. It looked early like they were going after him and they were just missing him kind of like they did with, uh, with of course, uh, Baker Mayfield, another Oklahoma product that was picked number one overall just the year before. So that's, uh, you know, they had some time to practice for this guy because they've been practicing for this type of player three out of the four the last four weeks, I think Tyler uh, Murray is a lot more dynamic and he's going to be a very good player in this league. Um, but they went after him and we have a super chat here that I've been saving for a while. Um, we'll go ahead and get to most of your questions, um, a little later on in the show, but Sean Manahan, um, pledged $2 and said Steelers had five sacks yesterday, not four. We have 48. Now I'm glad you brought that up. Because I'm having a hard time finding – I thought right away that they had five sacks. Um, I thought Bud Dupree had more than one sack. Because when you have a guy like Kyler Murray running around back there and getting caught five yards behind the line of scrimmage, that's a sack. Even though he's running wide, he's not, he's not passing the line of scrimmage. But I think they added one because when we were looking – for the Steeler preview, when we were looking at stats, it was saying four. Mm -hmm. um, now they're saying five, but I can't see who is credited with the fifth sack because even though it's saying five, you look on the same page, it's only showing four sacks. I believe it's uh, Mark Barron, um, of course, Bud Dupree, Cam Hayward, and there's another one in there, but there should have been a fourth. I think it's, there should have think... been a fifth. I think it was the one at the end of the game, the one that Murray fumbled and then he fell on it. I think that's the fifth one, but I don't know if who was credited with that. And then it should be Bud Dupree. Yeah. Um. So that's that's kind of what I'm thinking there. So if anybody knows that, and I am behind on in the comments section, but if if you could see that, uh, Tony, and if anybody knows, please let me know. Um, I'm really I'm really confused. Mm -hmm. on that one uh but nonetheless they put the game plan together they looked really good and you gotta appreciate that and something else about appreciation uh another two dollar pledge from snowman um long time uh not a first time but a long time and uh he mentions happy belated birthday to uh mr uh, brian anthony davis thank you very much i tell you what i didn't tell i didn't tell anybody on the show last week i didn't tell anybody at all um, everybody, Dave Schofield, Jeff Hartman, Lance Williams, Tony, everybody really played up my birthday and made me feel good. So thank you very much. And, uh, it's really nice to be noticed for that. And, uh, I appreciate it. And it, it, it's really funny. I was watching every other single show and even after it was mentioned, it kept on coming, coming up all week long. That's the most I've ever 
Wow. Celebrating my birthday, and it's all because of you guys. And I, I, it, it really feels good. I'm a terrible co-host. I, I, I'm the one who always remembers birthdays, and I went the whole show without wishing a happy birthday. I, it completely slipped my <laughs> mind until afterwards. So, I, happy belated you know, birthday! <laughs> I, it, it's happy regardless, and I appreciate it. And you guys, like I said, make me feel really good. Um, uh, Yeti gives us one dollar. Um, there's not a uh, a question up there but if you do have one feel free to throw it in um out in white is uh and yet he says great live show so thank you very much um alton white he put in the fact that bud dupree has 9.5 sacks and then you look at the fact that they are going to go right now and actually i'm uh i'm messing things up here um, I have a new laptop and I'm still uh, I'm still working my way around it. So Alton White says 9.5 sacks. You throw in but um, TJ Watts 12.5 sacks as well. And uh, everybody else's and you've got 48. And I mean, Cam's up there too. Cam, I believe, has eight, if I'm not mistaken. So you potentially have three guys. And that'll be the first time in Steeler history, three guys in double digits and sacks. I would love to see that. And we're talking about TJ all the time. We definitely know what Bud is doing right now. And that man is going to get pay a aid. Um, and I think it's a so, testament to their secondary, how much it's improved that, that, that Dupree and Watt are having the years that they're having, because look at how, how often they draft, uh, drop back in pass coverage the last couple of years. And they're not doing that as much as here. They're just relentless. I mean, it looks like they're going to get there just about every, time a quarterback drops back so i think you have to credit the secondary too for for the, the kind of years that watt and dupree are having and cam hayward yeah i mean that's that's a part of it because uh we always talked about and it goes the other direction too we used to always talk about what are what's the secondary's problem the secondary's problem in the past has always been the fact that there was no pass rush and they're getting picked on more. So, you know, it goes in circles mm -hmm. and it's a vicious cycle for the opposing offense when you have, when you can't win because either, right. either you're getting rushed like crazy and then, and then it turns into the defensive backs are blanketing you. So this is really the best Steeler defense I've ever seen. Chris Boyd asked this question. What is the team sack record? And I'm going to go ahead and say 56 set in 2017. They had 50 last year. And if they get 56 again this year, which with three games left, that's eight sacks, they will have the highest three-year total for sacks in NFL history. Which is incredible to me when you talk about <laughs> the 1980s Chicago Bears because we were talking yesterday. I believe Lance brought it up that there was a Chicago Bears team that had 72 and 87, mm -hmm. <laughs> and I believe a Vikings team, you know, Chris Dolman and Jack Del Rio and guys like that, um, with about 71. Um, so you know, this is really. Really a special defense. I love what I'm seeing from them. I love what I'm seeing from this entire team because, you know, I'm looking at this entire team and I'm feeling the way I did in 1989. Good defense, an offense that is not really going to light anything up and not going to scare anybody and keeps on finding ways to win. So that's why I'm so excited about this team. So. We go back to the question now, and we are going to talk more and more about individuals on the defense. We're going to go ahead and talk about not just that, but uh, um, we're going to give out valedictorians and game balls. We'll do that as well for yesterday's game. But I want to ask this question. Is it expected now? <laughs> are they still playing with house money with nothing to lose? I don't think so. I, uh, a month ago, and same with Devlin Hodges. I don't think he's playing with house money anymore either. I, I agree totally. I mean, I, I said it on Twitter yesterday when 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 TJ Watt had that interception in the end zone. I, it was the loudest I screamed all year, and it was it was the most I've been into a game all year, which tells me that I can smell the playoffs. So I think this team is a 
it's established an identity on both offense and defense. And you can say what you want about the offense, about how it, how it, you know, it's, it's really uh, deficient and, and, and it is in a lot of ways, but it, it's also compromised due to injury. And you have, and you have so many uh, young uh, inexperienced parts, but this is an elite defense and this team has a great opportunity now. I mean, this team has what two more wins and it's in the playoffs essentially. So when you have everything in front of you, I mean, it's going to be a, a disappointment if they don't, if they don't make it in now, it's a testament to, to, to the, the character of this team that they've gotten this far, but I think it'd be, it, it, you're not playing with house money anymore. This, this team, I think uh, anything short of a, of a, of a playoff uh, berth would be a, a disappointment. Look at radar in 1982. I know the dolphins are so mad right now. They traded Minka thinking they were going to get a top five pick. He was a steal. That was, I'm telling you, that was a smart trade for the Dolphins, but what they didn't realize is they were dealing with the Steelers. And there's only a few teams that can pull that off and a few organizations that can pull that off because most teams are going to fold. Yeah. The Steelers were like, hey, we're still, we know we lost Ben Roethlisberger. We're still making this trade because we know who we are. That's the bottom line of the whole thing. They knew exactly that they weren't going to go 1-15. in 15. They knew who they were, and they still expected this, and they thought they were getting somebody that they could put in that defense and win now, and guess what happened? They started – they didn't win right away because they had him a few days, played in the uh, San Francisco game, and he had a pick in that game, which paid immediate dividends. But the – defense did not uh did not come together but he was the one who started pulling them together the one guy that i always say and i probably have said this so much over the last 10 weeks or so is he doesn't get enough credit as vince williams because if vince williams was playing in that san francisco game pittsburgh wins that game because they're not running on them teams aren't running on them like they were the first three games of the season right so I'm going to say that right now. Vince Williams is there. They win. But Minka, Vince coming back, everybody came together. Maybe it's adversity that also brought this team together. But, you know, they're not tanking. George Teston says no tanking. No. No. I mean, they you weren't thinking about tanking. And, and you look at recent history. Look, look at the, the Ravens a few years ago. They lost Flacco. They, I mean, other than the Steelers, they really couldn't beat anybody, and they were five and eleven. Uh, the Colts look at all the problems they've had in recent years, you know, with Peyton Manning's injury, and then all the in recent years with, with Andrew Luck, and now he's gone, and now they're probably going to miss the playoffs again. So uh, I think last year Aaron Rodgers was hurt for a good deal of time. Uh, the Packers missed the playoffs, and Mike McCarthy was fired. So what the Steelers are doing right now is pretty. It's it, it's 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 an outlier. I think I don't think people realize how special this season is right now. And, and it's a testament again to their character. And, and, and like you said, their willingness to not give up and not tank. Well, let's talk about, uh, let's talk about a few things. And before we get into that, let's talk about injuries. There's really nothing significant to point out um, for the second week in a row about injuries in this game. Um, I'm going to knock on wood here. Do my John Gruden hmm. knock on wood of hear me. And, uh, hard knocks if you don't know what that's from but you know two weeks in a row I, there was nothing really significant and they've been getting killed with injuries all year long it seems like every game there's there's not another guy um so we'll go ahead and talk about okay oh, can i, can I say something uh, to dante yeah. harris i i have i was gonna bring that up credit. i give Tom the credit all the time it's a, it's a testament to him that, that, that they're not tanking. That's who I'm giving credit to. You know what? We can't say it enough. And um, I went on a, a Tomlin, a pro Tomlin on the, uh, on the post game show that I was uh, blessed to uh, be able to join Lance and Jeff in. And uh, I, I felt great being on that show. Um, and, and I'm like, look, you know, we're going to, we're always going to find the next game they lose. It's going to be all Tomlin's fault. Everybody's going to be on them. But I really and Dante, I appreciate you bringing that up. But we're uh, we're really homers when it comes to Mike Tomlin on the show. And I will say this about Tony Defio: he uh, he's been threatened 
he has been threatened on our website for actually uh, for an article he wrote that uh, was very pro Tomlin. So I will tell you that when Articles Justin Conway said, "Was that articles plural?" Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. We uh, uh, Jeff Hartman considered getting you know like an armed uh, detail to go ahead and and help out Tony at one point last year. Yeah. Uh, uh, I remember when uh, Dave Schofield was our community manager and he was mowing the lawn and he was like, "Gosh, I gotta stop because he had his phone on. And he's mowing the lawn. He's like, "All right." Tony just wrote an article. It's blowing up. I have to stop mowing the lawn <laughs> and go take care of this. Any, anything about Arter, anything about Tomlin? Uh, it, it, it usually blows up, and 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 uh, it's usually worth a lot of comments and emails. I can tell you that. But you know, this is uh, you know we're talking about Coach of the Year. Do I think he deserves to be Coach of the Year? Yeah, hell yeah. Do I think he's going to win it? No. I mean, you've got. You've got what uh, Shanahan's doing in San Francisco. You have Harbaugh in in um, wherever he is in Baltimore. <laughs> and, yeah, and, and, uh, and look at and look at speaking of Shanahan. I mean, they lost the 49ers lost Garoppolo last year, and they and they completely fell apart. So, losing your franchise quarterback and, and continuing to be a playoff team is not easy. And the fact that they're doing this is incredible. And. This is uh, and this is beautiful to see. Two dollars from Snowman, we got your back, Tony. It's and a good thing I... too, because I don't have very big biceps, as you can see. So. <laughs> uh, love me some Defio. That's a, that's great. Uh, he's uh, he's polarizing on the uh, he's he's not on the show, but uh, when you read some of his articles, he'll uh, he'll protect his work in the comment section. It's really fun to see. Um, I I just read, you know, we're getting comments in le left and right. Darren Dalton, a good friend of the show. Mike Tomlin's efforts of keeping a team made of bubblegum and scotch tape in the winning column more than likely played a big role in Ron Rivera being released. Yeah, you know what? I, I could see that because there's a connection with the Panthers and Steelers, and we all know that because of uh, uh, David Tepper, who is, uh, I believe it's David, um, who was a, a minority owner in Pittsburgh, who's now the owner of the Carolina Panthers. And that this goes back to um, a question that we had earlier on, and I can't remember who uh, who said it, who uh, wrote it in, but are we going to lose Omar Khan and uh, Kevin Colbert to the Panthers this year? And there are rumors of that. Um, I don't think it's going to happen, actually. Um, I... I I can see, yeah, and getting bent with Bo says, are they going to go after Tomlin as well? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised either, but I wouldn't really worry about that. If you lose Kevin Colbert, you're going to go ahead and lose him to a guy like, uh, I mean, not a guy, but to a, t uh, a situation that's retirement, I think, really at this point, is how you're going to lose. Um Wes, I, Wes, a big friend of the show, he hopes we lose Omar Khan, which I'm, gosh, I'd like to hear more about that because I've, uh, um, Wes doesn't like his, uh, his contract structure. I think, I think he's been, a, I think he's worked miracles. I mean, to, to, keep, I, to keep this team relative all these years after that Super Bowl run and all the, the big, huge contracts that they had and, 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 and to still be able to build a contending roster. I don't know. I think he's, I think he's, he's fantastic. And so, I mean, I really don't think it, it's like one of those things. And we talked about this when the Redskins were talking about uh, wanting Mike Tomlin and uh, all the pros and cons. But look at what Mike Tomlin has here. He, he doesn't want to go anywhere. He really doesn't. Um, and, and why would he? Why would you leave this situation with uh, right. three coaches in 50 years? Um, but back to the, and I do this, and I know I do this, I will go off subject like crazy, so I do apologize for that. Um, but I will say this. Let's circle back to the uh, question about is uh, the job that they're doing the reason that uh, Ron Rivera got let go? Well, David Tepper is looking at the Steeler organization. He's familiar with the Steeler organization. It's what he knows. Um, he's a Carnegie Mellon guy. Um, he was, like I said, a, a minority owner here. So, yeah, I, I could see the Steelers being a model for his ownership franchise. 
Um, Snowman asks, is Omar Khan the next GM? I would not be surprised. I think that's why he has stayed here. He had an opportunity to go to the Los Angeles Rams. He had the opportunity to go, or maybe it was in St. Louis when they were after him, but it was the Rams organization. But he's had an opportunity to go, and I think they keep on telling telling him when Kevin goes and decides to hang it up, you're the next guy. That's probably... That's thinking, and I think that's probably likely to happen um, as well. So, Tony, we uh, we teased this earlier, and uh, we talked about house money, and I we both agree that that the team is uh, expected to be in the playoffs now at this point, and they're expected to go forward because, and the national media is picking up on them as well. But so we we've established uh, that. Now, let's establish valedictorians for this game. I'm going to ask for one on offense and one on defense. Oh, well, obviously, I think uh, uh, Deontay Johnson gets it on offense for sure. I mean, that the, the punt return, I mean, they, it was yesterday was another day when they only scored one touchdown on offense. And, and for him they, they, to get that punt return early and, and, and break the game, you know, give him a 10 nothing lead in the first quarter, that was huge. And then, of course, uh, he, he had the uh, – they're their only offensive touchdown in, in the third quarter. So he definitely gets mine for offense. And of course, Joe Hayden on defense. I mean, you know, he, he ended uh, a potential scoring drive early in the second half with an interception and he ended the game late, late in the fourth quarter with an interception. So uh, I think he definitely gets my valedictorian on defense. I cannot argue with any of those guys. And those are probably my picks if I'm going first. Um, bottom line to that, I, uh, my, uh, Johnson was my pick yesterday on the, on the uh, post game show. Um, Hayden wasn't because he was already selected. So I went with somebody else and I went with Bud Dupree for the game he had, but truth be told, Bud Dupree is my one B one a is Joe Hayden for what he's done. This is his best season. This is actually if you ask me, this is an all-pro season for Joe Hayden. He is uh, among the leaders in the league in pass defenses. He is now among the league leaders in interceptions. In fact, he is one behind Minka Fitzpatrick's five now that he has four. But this is how incredible his last few games have been. On November 10th, Los Angeles Rams come to town. They need to win this game desperately. Who closes out the game? The closer. Not Kira Sedgwick. Closer. <laughs> the closer is Joe Hayden. Closed out that game. The next week, they played the uh, four days later, they played the Browns. And we're not going to talk about that game because that wasn't a win. The next week, they played Cincinnati. He did not have to close out that game. The week after that was the, the Cleveland Browns, his old foe. He closed out the game with a pick. Yesterday, he had two more and closed out the game again with another pick. He's the Iceman, Joe Hayden. And, and and these aren't just your normal everyday picks either. I mean, these are athletic picks. He looks like Superman. He looks like he was – he was uh, 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 he, he took a, a, a shot of, uh, of, you know, from the fountain of youth. I, I'm getting, mixing up my, my metaphors, but you know what I mean. He's just he's just look, looking like 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 uh, a young like his like he did in the early 2010s when he was a Pro Bowler with the Browns. He's just he's just pl having a fantastic year, and I think a lot of that is the pressures off of him with guys like Minka back there and 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 Stephen Nelson on the other side. He just doesn't have as much to worry about this year. Let's uh, look at the other side of the ball. You said Deontay Johnson. He is playing lights out for a rookie. He wasn't expected to have to contribute this much. Um, I remember way back in June or July, um, when we were looking at, on the Steeler preview, we were previewing the rookies, and we looked at Deontay Johnson. You said if you have 30 catches out of this guy and three touchdowns, so that's a fantastic rookie season. He's got four touchdown receptions and a punt return. Um I'm going to go ahead and uh, rip on another aftermarket site that uh, calls themselves uh, 
experts, and uh, one of them was talking about uh, a couple of weeks back that actually caught the caught the attention of Deontay Johnson, but was tweeting out the fact that they miss Ryan Switzer because this guy is uh, because Deontay Johnson does not know how to field a punt, um, and so I'd like to see him eat those words now. When you're looking at the fact that uh, besides Brady Keys in 1964, 55 years ago, with a 90-yard punt return, this is the longest punt return in Pittsburgh Steeler history. Not only that, it is just surpassed um, what was second place was 2003's Antoine Randall L with an with an 84-yarder. So this is a fantastic punt return, and when these punt returns happen, you kind of you get better as a punt returner you start feeling it you start knowing the chances you can take and so i think right away well i'll ask you the question has he secured the job tony is he the punt returner of the pittsburgh steelers going forward absolutely he absolutely is i mean yeah he he he's muffed a, a punt or two but he's a rookie those things happen and and you know there's a learning curve to your to being a, an nfl player an nfl uh receiver an nfl punt returner and you know some people, like the people you mentioned, they don't have they don't always have patience when it comes to to rookies. They're they're, they're quick to make uh, judgments on people right away, and it's, and that's not fair. And and you know it's it's a tough job, uh, uh, your first year in the NFL. And and he he's far surpassed what what anybody thought he could do this year as a receiver and as a punt returner. I think he's the real deal. Let me uh, let me go ahead and jump in with this. I don't want to lose this, Michael O'Malley. This guy, every single week, he's asking you to hit the like button for us. That is, he's a big supporter of our show, throwing in two dollars for that. Uh, but he's he's one of the ones asking for it, and that's how he, that's how we keep this show going. So thank you, Michael. I really appreciate you. Um, I wanted to go ahead and uh, you know continue on that with uh, just talking about rookies. Do you remember? I'm going to give you two names. These were rookie busts for the Pittsburgh Steelers in real time that year. Troy Polamalu was a bust. If you ask the uh, a myopic fan, Cam Hayward was a bust. I don't think anybody's going to call either one of those guys a bust. We right. don't give these guys time. Uh, that's all there is to it. You don't right. give these guys time at all. Right. And, and you know, not to start stir up a controversy because I don't think there is one right now, but it's like the same thing with Mason Rudolph. We don't know what, what his ceiling is. We think we know based on seven or eight games, but we still don't know. And we don't know what they think of him yet. And, and back in 2003, it was well known that with, with any organization, even though he was struggling on the field, the front office knew they had a special talent. They didn't know they had a future Hall of Famer, I don't think, but they definitely knew they had a special talent. And it was just a matter of time before he figured it out. And it turns out it was just one year before he figured it out. And so to, to make uh, judgments on rookies, I think, you know, it's what we do. I get it. You know, we have opinions and, and we're always being asked our opinions. But, you know, sometimes you have, you have to just uh, sit back and, and, and wait and see what, what these guys are really made of before you can really uh, make a final judgment on them. Guess who was not considered a bust? 2016's Artie Burns was not considered a bust. Right. He didn't start yesterday. Um, he ended up busting out. Um, and when I say busting out, not becoming a bust. Um, so I agree with that. Uh, but back at the end of 2016, he was making all rookie teams. He didn't. He didn't keep it going. Um, which I thought he had some talent. I thought he was going to be the next guy. Bud Dupree was considered a bust even after last year. When I mean, like, he was still, he was still had about averaging about six sacks a year. Um, he had over twenty sacks coming into the season, and in four years, and he was considered a bust. No one's going to call him that now, uh, but everybody because they wanted more out of the guy. Mar Marcus Gilbert. Marcus Gilbert, yeah, I, I, uh, I, I agree with that. And a guy that uh, we were talking about, Cam Hayward. It took Cam Hayward three years to bust out. Right. Would I say, okay, I gotta stop saying bust out to come of age. Right. Right. Um, speaking of coming of age, 
somebody asked a question earlier. I want to bring it up before I lose it. Asking about Minka Fitzpatrick's age. He came out at age 21 into the draft. This is the second season. So he's no older than 23, I would probably say. Oh, um, he's a baby. He's a, he has so much t- uh, yeah. time left. So y- you know what? When you go ahead on draft day, and we, we're kind of – we're kind of struggling here at BTSC thinking about the future and thinking about what we're going to be writing about in March and April because we're going to, we can't write about who the number one pick is. So we need to do a lot of articles about Minka Fitzpatrick, but we have to celebrate. I mean, I'm already giving there's an A for the 2020 draft because their number one pick is Minka Fitzpatrick and probably about the number 25, 24 position mm-hmm. is where they're looking at right now. And that's, that's a fantastic pick for this guy. Um, no one can be complaining on draft day. Just y- you can't. So now we just got to figure out who they're going to get at number 50 something. Right. And, and that that's, that's going to be the fun part trying to speculate uh, for number two. But remember, Stranger things have happened, and you never know what kind of deals are going to be made to right. maybe uh, get some other picks in there. I I would not think it would be a number one, but you not you never know. Right. So you mentioned your valedictorians. Like I said, I really like those. Um, boy, Deontay Johnson, his touchdown catch too. That was a beautifully thrown ball from duck hodges as well that was a pro catch i really liked it um duck hodges is my 1b so i'm gonna go ahead and give my game ball since we already gave one to deontay i'll give it to devlin hodges 16 of 19 152 yards um one touchdown pass zero interceptions so no duck eggs that's that's a good thing um and he was playing with what he was given he was playing with the game plan and you can't fault uh, duck hodges for the game plan but what you can credit him with we have not had a guy for a long time being able to uh, extend plays and move the chains with his feet like he did with the 35 yards that he did yesterday we didn't have that at all with mason um maybe once in a blue moon with Mason when he was playing, but but this is something he knows when to go ahead and take off, and he's he's doing it really well. Um, so that's that's my guy there, and I told you about how I thought Dupree had an amazing game. A guy who is getting a lot of love in the uh, right now on the chat in the chat room is a guy that I was going to talk about. I'm loving me. Well, there's two guys. So we'll go ahead and say them both because these guys are kind of linked because they were brought in right at the same time. But Kareth White was the guy I was initially talking about. As far as a running back, you know what, Tony? I I look at this guy and I just think of not exactly the same style, but I think of the production of Willie Parker when I see this guy. And I really, I mean, there's a part of me that believes that maybe he's he's the next guy. That could be a possibility. You, you never know. Well, it's definitely going to be open for debate because uh, James Conner, I mean, they're, they're, they're going to have questions about him after three years of, 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 of being plagued with injuries, for sure. And But the great thing about it is you're going to go ahead and bring back a guy like James Conner. You, you want him to come back. And you're not you're not really worried about next year right now. We're not talking about next year at this moment, even though I'm going to con- contradict myself for an article that Tony and I are doing together. Um, but Kareth White was never supposed to be a part of the equation because he just showed up. Um, he was a sixth round pa- uh, draft pick of the Bears, and I don't really thought they wanted to uh, go ahead and and get rid of him. Deion Kane definitely was the, the, the Colts did not want to lose him. They lost him in the same way that the Steelers lost to Zar Skipper. They were making moves and trying to sneak. Under, and that that's just something that happened. Uh, so these guys right now, Kareth White and Deion Kane, they're already a part of the equation for 2020 
in my eyes, but I think they could make some definite, you know, big plays when it comes to the uh, the stretch and postseason, depending how far they go or depending if they make it. What so which one of these guys? I mean, we I'm gonna put you on the spot. We can't really say both. But which one of these guys are you buying in uh, you're uh, buying stock in more? I'm gonna I'm gonna say uh, uh, white because I think, like I said, I think th- there might be an opportunity for him next year to ascend to the uh, up the depth chart at running back because I you know he's shown, like you said, a, a lot of uh, ability in, in a short period of time and, and with James Conner and his issues with injuries, I mean, you just you just don't know if you can depend on him uh, past his rookie contract. So I think definitely White is somebody that that could I say could uh, be something for them in the not to, not so distant future. Michael O'Malley says it's fun when you have to figure out the depth chart at running back. It's a good thing. Yeah, you have you've got a stable of runners, and that's it. You bring James Conner back, you're not going to forget about. Uh, I hope White still has a spot on the roster when James Conner comes back. I expect him to. Um, I would actually now. Here's an interesting question because you know you're not you know you're keeping Benny Snow Jr. And he didn't have the greatest game yesterday, but he still had some really hard-fought runs. And you you had some good action from Jalen Samuels, but who's the odd man out there? And I don't think it's Kareth White. I mean, I mean, I think I think no offense to him, but I think Terrell Edmonds or Trey Edmonds could be you know uh, yeah. easily disposable. I mean, you know, he he's decent on special teams, I guess, but he doesn't really give you much on offense, so. Uh, he's definitely somebody that he, he who would be the odd man out in my opinion. If you're if you're talking about keeping Kareth White, yeah, that's uh, that's definitely the the guy. And I wasn't even thinking of them. I'm um, getting bent with Bo, Michael Tool, Reginald Rivers. They're all they're all agreeing with you on that too. Um, Bo says, can he go back to the practice squad? You know, I think he. I think he, he probably I could. Think he can. Um, yeah, but and and you've gotten uh, you've gotten some uh, good work out of Edmonds too as well. Um, so you know he's all been playing fullback. BTSC Steelers Radio, thank you very much, uh, um, Jefferson, for going and putting that in. Edmonds has been playing football. Oh, that's actually from Dave. I'm sorry. Um, I I saw hyphen Dave. So yeah, um, Edmonds has been playing some fullback as well. So you know that compliment complicates things. Doesn't matter. I don't really think. I don't even think Connor's coming back this week. Uh, I think if you see him back, you see him back for the Jets game. I really don't see him this week. So looking forward though, you've got a good stable there. Wide receiver for 2020 in that second round might be a place you're going to go ahead and look. You're you're having two guys holding down the fort really well right now with James Washington and Deontay Johnson. It seems like every other week one of those guys is WR1. Mm-hmm. When J when Juju Smith Schuster comes back, and if he comes back healthy, he's gonna be a lot more dangerous. And the reason he's going to be a whole lot more dangerous is the you can't leave Deontay Johnson unattended. You can't leave James Washington unattended because they've proven some things. Yeah. Um, you might have three WR1s. Well, look um, at- or you might have three WR one thirds. Right. Well, at this point. Exactly. And 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 you know, you talked you mentioned James Washington. What doesn't get brought up a lot because he didn't make catches on those plays or the two pass interference penalties he, he he drew yesterday that I think they led to 10 points. I think they led to the one touched one led to a touchdown and one led to a field goal. So, uh, you know, I mean, even while not catching the ball, I mean, he was able to get them, get the, the offense hid, hidden yards just because of, of the fact that, that he, he's a deep threat. So like you said, you're going to have, you're going to have three, three potential number one receivers whenever Juju does come back. There you go. Those three, that's that's looking pretty good. Um, the one the one position, and oh, I'm sorry. I, I want to bring this up real quick. Dante Harris, um, you cannot leave Kane unattended either. 
oh man, at 6'2", and as fast as he is, he's gonna kill you. Um, so that's that's the guy, and I meant to go ahead and extend our conversation where we were talking about the two rookies. That's a good stable four right there. Those are four guys right now. I, I mean, I think those are the guys you're going with for the future of that team. That's a really good stable of wide receivers. Um, you know, Kane, I remember him at Clemson. I remember uh, what he did, and he he played really well for a championship team. the The problem was he he got into some he got into some trouble. Um, it's just it's just hoping that he could he could continue to stay out of trouble at this point. Um, but it, it worries you because you know when that uh, when you get that reputation, um, they uh, they. The randomness, and I'm going to say randomness of testing, becomes a lot more frequent, and you know that. And especially, uh, we talk about our our good old friend, uh, Mr. Butt Naked and Robbed, mm-hmm. um, Le'Veon Bell. You know, he he still doesn't understand why he's getting tested all the time, right? Um, and he, it, it's funny because I knew I actually knew of a guy who was testing at the time. And it's funny because he was like, nah, he wasn't failing test. He just wasn't showing up. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Whoa. I mean, was that just a couple? He goes, he's a Brian probably not supposed to tell you this, but maybe 12. Wow. <laughs> Holy cow. That's not, that's not a good, that's not a good sign for, for, for him. And, and you know, uh, his, his, uh, innocence, that's for sure. And, uh, Dante Harris, I can't say it any better. Yeah, we we just gotta hope he he stays out of trouble. I'm laughing because Dennis, I love Dennis. <laughs> um, I guess Dennis is smoking all of his weed. Daily so. Nation is will do anything for a win. See, you, you, you stick up. We everybody's got everybody's got your back. Right. There you go. Um, so, you, you know, that's what we're looking at. The weak link right now on the offense, and especially because of injuries, that, that tight end position, You, uh, we don't know. I mean, <laughs> Vanimal is in Vance McDonald is in the uh, concussion protocol. It's kind of scary with this guy because you just don't know if he stays healthy. You think that he's really good when he's with – Ben Roethlisberger is pretty good. Doug mm-hmm. Hodges did really well with them as well. Um, so I was hoping that uh, they would start targeting him more, and I expect him to get targeted more. But now that he's hurt, he had uh, he had three yards yesterday, yeah. and he got uh, got hit pretty hard on that one play, and then, then he's out. Uh, what happens there is is Zach Gentry going to get some action? Is he going to see his first actual game? He would almost um, have to, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can't really just roll with one. Um, Remedy This is saying that Vance is another Connor. And, hey, we love these guys. I love James Connor. I love Vance McDonald. Um, I'm just, uh, we need them to stay healthy. But no one is more frustrated with their health situation than the individuals wearing those jerseys. Yeah. And, uh so those guys are more frustrated than anyone. Yeah. So, well, um, and what makes it, that's what makes it frustrating is because like, I, you know, I keep talking about James Conner, maybe not being around after his rookie contract, but I know he's a, he's a, he's a talented running back. I watched him at Pitt. I, he, he can do the job. He just has to stay healthy. And, and Vance McDonald has proven that he could be, he has that elite tight end ability. He just needs to stay healthy. Here's the problem. You got to understand the problem with James Conner it's rookie contract, and I said this back way back in in the summer. It's I think he is the least likely to sign a new contract from that draft class because you've got to think you have some other guys that were drafted, and that was a pretty good draft for that team. JJ TJ Watt goes number one, mm-hmm. um, even though he gets an extra year because he's a first rounder, but the guys that don't get an extra year, are Juju Smith-Schuster, James Conner, Cam. So if somebody's going to go from that group, 
from the I mean it's not going to be cam cuz uh, you can get cam on the cheap. Um so you don't have to worry about him. The guy you worry about bringing back at that point is going to be James Conner because he's not going to win the he's really not going to win the face off with Juju on that. Right. And because and you're seeing, especially what you're seeing, and the guys you have in there that could go ahead and and take over for him. So that's going to be an interesting situation when that comes up. Um, and I guess um, after the 2021 season. Um, but you know what? I love this team right now. I love everything about it. On defense, you're getting you're you're doing really well on defense with everyone. Your weak link on defense. Who is everybody? I mean, I would say Steeler Nation. Who does who gets the most guff? Well, the new out Bud of anybody. Dupree, yeah, the, the new Bud Dupree now would be, I guess, uh, Terrell Edmonds. He's the new Bud Dupree since Bud Dupree is now uh, having his best year. Okay, you know what? I I actually wasn't going for him. No, um, but I agree with you one hundred. I would. Am I, okay, there I am. Um, would be Mark Barron. Oh yeah, okay, that's a good. I that's think, a good point. But Mark Barron, you get good games out of him. Then you have games where he's more suspect. If Mark Barron is the weak link of your defense, and if Terrell Edmonds is the weak link of your defense, your defense isn't bad. Right. So that, that that's it, and we know that we have a defense. Um, for TL Music Group. Um, actually, I pulled up the wrong one. Um, bad. How good can the defense be next year with Tuit and Davis back? You know, the Davis situation is really interesting to me because he's uh, this is his walk year. His yeah, contract's up. So, or does he come back completely cheap? I think he's going to want to be a starter. He's already been a starter in the league, and I think. He's going to want to try to prove that he can go somewhere else and start for another team. So I don't think I don't think they're going to they're going to uh, have him back next year. Well, you know that'll that'll be interesting. But what if there's uh, uh, what if you can get him completely and uh, no one else really wants him because it, he has no body of work this year. But and then I guess he he would he would come back and he'd, he'd be great depth and like uh, like he he brought up earlier. Maybe, maybe he. You know, he beats out Edmonds for uh, for the other safety spot. I, I I don't know, but I think at this point he's going to try to he's going to try to explore free agency. It's interesting. I mean, and we're going to see what happens with Davis. Um, is he coming back this year? That's the other thing. I think. I mean, he's on the. Uh, he, he he could. I mean, what was the original injury? I I I, I I'm drawing a blank on his injury. It was a shoulder, wasn't it? Oh yeah. Okay, shoulder. Yeah. So. I, I, he's got to be close at this point, right? And and there's only so many weeks left, so I hope so because I, I think he would be an upgrade over people like Cam Kelly and 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 Dangerfield. I think he would definitely be a, a, an upgrade um, for at the safety position for for depth and for somebody you can you can probably throw in there and 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 get him some reps during during the game too. Okay, um, this would start up off a major debate. Um, I'm just going to ask you. If you have your choice, is it Edmonds or is it Davis? Right now, based on the way the defense is playing, I'd have to go with Edmonds. I, I know he's not everybody's favorite player, but he has been he, – he is pretty solid. It is only his second year, and he has improved over last year. So I, I think we have to go with, with uh, Edmonds. Remember, it's not always about uh, uh, your performance. It's about how you compliment uh, the guy next to you. And we saw how – Ryan Clark complimented Troy Polamalu and, and before him, Chris Hope. So, you know, there, there's something, there's something, there's some great chemistry going on in the secondary right now. And I don't know why you would want to mess with it. I love what Edmonds does, but he's the guy that, like you pointed out, he's the guy that uh, we have to pick somebody. There's always got to be somebody, which <laughs> I wish we didn't have to, but that you're pointing out because you can't have 11 superstars on a defense. Right. Um, Edmonds is going to prove, I think, and we talked about this on draft night in 2018. I think he's a 10 year player for this team. I don't know if he's going to be anything super sexy, but he's going to be a solid player and he's a contributor on this team. 
there's a lot of guys for I mean I could we could go back to 2008 you could bring up some guys on that team um that weren't really super sexy names like Deshae Townsend played a long time in this league mm -hmm. he's he has never seen the Pro Bowl right. I don't believe and if he has I do apologize but he's one of those guys that uh you couldn't have won without him though right right I mean, you, like you said, not everybody – like, Ryan Clark was a really good safety, but nobody ever noticed because Troy Polamalu was a Hall of Fame safety. But Ryan Clark played a lot of great games for them. And, he, and, and look at the playoff game against the, against Baltimore. He had he had two turnovers that led to two touchdowns that got them back in that game. So, you know, not everybody makes splash plays on every play. It doesn't mean they're not great players or good players anyway. And, and like, STR 8 up DO says – Larry Foot. I'm sorry, I did interrupt you. Too. I know you're you fine. Too. Well, I, I just wanted to uh, say that that, the, the, that that everybody's talking about the the touchdown that uh, David Johnson and, and they said that Edmonds made a took a bad angle. I think he played that as well as he could. Kyler Murray is the number one overall pick, and he just threw it where he, where it had to be. If, if if a Steeler quarterback threw that touchdown, they would say he put it right where it had to be. Just like we're saying that about the one he threw to Deontay Johnson. So. I think I think Edmonds has taken a lot of uh, a lot of flack for that touchdown yesterday, and I think he played it about as well as he could. One uh, one question that um, kept on coming up last night on on the post game, and we did not get a chance to address. Um, and Javman kept on bringing this up, a great contributor to the show. Um, he kept on bringing up the fact that Marquise Pouncey did not have a good game yesterday, and um, I've noticed a few things that I thought. Uh, did he look rusty to you? Because he looked a little rusty to me. But I, I mean, coming off of that, that uh, coming off of that suspension. But I, I don't think it's anything to be concerned about. But did you notice the same thing that Javman and I were 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 th noticing? Yeah, and and what I want to know is what's what's with the continued problem with him with the with the with the uh, the shotgun snap, and that's that that was going on before his suspension. You know, you got a couple of young quarterbacks back there, and now you have Duck Hodges back there before it was Mason Rudolph. And and one of these days, that's going to be a disaster. So I don't know what that what the deal is, but that we, we, he's a Pro Bowl center, and now all of a sudden he's having trouble uh, with accurate snaps on, on the shotgun. So that's that's the, the first thing I noticed is he didn't get that corrected in, during his two or three weeks off. That's, uh, you know, that's, I noticed that yesterday. I'm still not completely, uh, uh, I don't think he's washed up. I uh, I just uh, think maybe age is, I mean, gosh, you're looking at what uh, an 11-year player now, too. Maybe, maybe they're, you're just getting some wear and tear on it, and he's not playing as well. Um, he did make a comment a couple weeks back when he was, actually a, a week ago when he was ex coming off of sus suspension. He's like, man, I tell you, um, I tell you what, BJ Finney just made a lot of money in my absence. Yeah. And I, I really think he did. Um, so it's about time to go ahead and wrap up the show. Um, we're a little over an hour here. I appreciate everything. It was a great show. Great conversations. Uh, Tony, thank you so much. I do want to go ahead and address something that's coming up that we've been teasing and talking about a lot. It is the, uh, it's the Pittsburgh Buffalo game. And, that's a huge game. We have been talking about going and delegating. The original thought was to go ahead because it was a one o'clock game to be there and hang out. Um, we, Dave and I also live more than three hours away and them flexing this out. When we saw that, we we're like, Oh no. Now at this point right now, we are still going to that game. However, I mean, we're still in situations where we do have, other jobs and I do work the next day. And uh, with this time of the year, I, I do want to be at work for that. But if you do want to go to that game, please contact Dave Schofield and you could acquire his tickets from him. If that's something you want to go do, but at this point we're still going, but the tickets are up for grabs. If somebody wants them, we're willing to be flexible on that because of the situation. And, uh, it's, uh, it's a game I definitely want to go see, but to be perfectly honest with you, I want to see it more at one o'clock just because of how far away I am. And, uh, for it, for anybody that has offered me a place to stay and everything, I do appreciate that. 
uh, that's great, but it's it's all about getting back and uh, family responsibility and work responsibilities. But right now, we're still planning on going to that game. But if you do want to go and you want the tickets for a fantastic game, contact Dave. Um, I would go ahead and give his email address, but you can go ahead and find it on uh, <laughs> Dante Harris is going to write me a doctor's excuse. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you can go ahead and find it on the Behind the Silk Curtain site. Um, it's STLR, all caps, then superfandad um, so at gmail.com. But let us know if you do want to go ahead and go to that game. But if not, you'll see me. Um, hopefully, if it comes in in time with my duck jersey, Mm-hmm. Um, but if not, you'll see us right here on, uh, the, uh, behind the still curtain family of podcast. With that being said, Tony, thank you so much. Thank you, Brian. It was a great show, a spirited show. And, and I think we're all super excited because we all have playoff fever. Three more games to go. We do have playoff fever and look, this is probably a record for us. We got up to 195 in the live chat. That's really good. And I tell you what, I have never really, uh, I don't think we've broken 200. And it's a, all a part of the community we have here. And so I thank you so much, everybody in the live chat. Tony, I thank you. Dave Schofield helped us out too as well. Uh, remember, Behind the Still Curtain is giving you about 10 articles every single day. Um it's new stuff and it's whatever you want. It's all out there. We've got a great family of podcasts on Tuesday. You've got the Schofields. You've got stat geek with Dave Schofield and big bro. Go comes in every once in a while as well on Wednesday. The standard is the standard with Jeff Hartman and Lance and Williams. That's our flagship show on Thursday night. What's Thursday night? It's the Steelers preview. As we get ready for the Buffalo game, check that out with Jeff, Dave, and myself. On Friday night, it's usually, yeah, I said it, with Lance Williams. On Saturday, it's the Steelers' burning question as we go ahead and rotate through. Um, And then on Sunday, of course, you're watching football. You have the Steelers' post game. We're always going to add some. We're even talking about adding some podcast as well. Um, We might have, uh, we might be bringing someone else in, and I might be doing, and we're in talks right now to do an NFL playoff type show as well so we have so much going on here and we want you to be a part of it you are you're what drives us so thank you very much with that being said for tony defio my name is brian anthony davis you can call me bad and remember my friends you just got hung over good day good night